episode of Buried the Lead. I'm one of your co-hosts, Winnipeg Free Press columnist Jen Zerati. And I'm your other co-host, Winnipeg Free Press multimedia producer Aaron Labar. And thank you for joining us. Today on the show, we will be talking about newspapers and why you should subscribe to them. We're also going to be talking about the new versions of the Ken doll. And we're also going to be talking about the new cancer study that suggests that one in two of us will develop a horrible disease. Hooray! How was your week, Jen? It was, uh, it was, it was really <laughs> aggressive. It was, <laughs> sorry. It was very aggressive. It was very intense. Um, <laughs> my week was good. It wasn't like action-packed necessarily i feel like it was a lot of like i went to work and then i came home and watched netflix but i did um go to the banville and jones customer appreciation night so they're a wine well that sounds like fun Uh uh-huh and uh i obviously was not the customer that they were appreciating (laughs) (laughs) Um, my mother-in-law was so i went with her and uh yeah it was awesome because you can try a bajillion wines no joke and so i found a few new rosés because mm-hmm. I'm getting into the rosé. The rosé all day. And I also discovered that I don't hate Chardonnay as much as I thought I did. Well, why is that? Why did you hate it? I Like, it's just, it's too, it's a bit too oaky. Like, it's a bit too much, mm-hmm. I find. So I tried two unoaked Chardonnays and I was like, oh, maybe I like Chardonnay. But also maybe I'm just 32. So who can say? Were they A-OK? They were. <laughs> <laughs> they were. <laughs> wah, wah. Wah, wah. <laughs> How was your week? Uh, it was very busy. A lot of family time, um, which included a paint night with my mom and my brother, sister-in-law, my friend, and my sister-in-law's mother. So a lot of us. Then there was a retirement party for my dad because he's retiring um, from teaching this year, which is really exciting for him. Yay, congrats, Brian. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then Saturday we did a pierogi making party at my mom's house, which we do like two times a year, just restock the freezer. Uh, and then Sunday was Father's Day, so there was all the Father's Day related activities with that. And then Sunday was also the start of Jazz Fest for me because I did the review um, of Say You Jorge that night, which you which were was also a beautiful at. show. Yeah, it was really great. It was a good way, very like relaxed way to start off my festival season, which is kind of nice. And then I also saw Land of Talk as part of Jazz Fest on Tuesday night at the Goodwill, but that show was just so late at night that I was really grumpy. <laughs> it was so late I didn't go. So yeah, even, started, even though I love Land of Talk, I'm, yeah, I'm super excited about the fact that the band is back and yeah. his new album and all that. And the new album is so incredibly good. I love it so much that I, that's the reason why I dragged myself off the couch, put real pants on and went to the Goodwill, but they didn't, the headliner, which is Land of Talk, did even start until after 1130, which is when you have to get up for work the next day is a little rough. So yeah. But it was a good show. It was. A, I'm glad I went, but it would be nice if it started at eight o'clock because we are old. Having some dress struggles over here today. It's true. I have this dress that's buttons all the way down, and they just are not functioning the way they should. They're not. Uh, that's because like, you know that's what you want in a button is reliability. Yes, I would like my notions to function properly. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are going to kick this week's episode off about talking about the newspaper. Yes. Because we work for one. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Spoiler! This is... Yeah. Um, so you pointed out that it's been two years since we moved it to... Has. Yeah, the paid digital strategy. It has. Uh, because in June of twenty. 
15, I was still working in the web department. So Mm -hmm. I was very aware (laughs) of all of the things that were happening and all of the feedback that we were getting immediately after the paywall launched. And again, spoiler alert, it was not good feedback. So yeah, people were, it it was many weeks and even still it's tapered off a bit, but there were many weeks of like, well, I'd read your column, but I can't, I don't want to log in. Right. Uh, And at that time, we didn't have a separate email address for digital complaints. So they would all come into the communal sort of web mail inbox, aka your inbox. Right. So I would, I saw it all for the first couple months and it was, it was not, not pleasant to say the least. (laughs) But it's been two years now. Yes. um, And we got some numbers from Christian Panson, who knows much more about the stuff than we do mm-hmm. um, to share with people who might be, be listening yeah. to this podcast. Um, so we have 6,263 digital only subscribers right now. Um, and then we have 6,229 read now pay later readers. So right, which is the 27 cent per article people. S- yeah. So if you don't, if you're listening to this and you don't happen to have a subscription, you may have noticed that you can pay per article. So it's 27 cents and, if you were like, I hate that Jen's ratty and her column, you could get a refund. <laughs> you could, yes. <laughs> um, but from that, uh, Christian was saying that 15% of them do upgrade to become subscribers. Yeah. So they, they read enough to make it worth it to be a subscriber. And then this number is interesting too. 31,211 registered digital subscribers reading us online. So in two years, we went from less than a 1,000 mm-hmm. active registered readers and less than 400 people paying for digital access to almost 37,500 paying digital readers. So I guess some people do want to pay for the news. Yes, which is, which is great. <laughs> which is reassuring for us. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so there's, there's a, you know, there, that's encouraging it is. to me. Um, but I do, I do have a slight rant, which is a rant that I've had. I'm ready. Just lay it on that me. I've had for a while and it, it kind of began, it kind of begins and ends this rant with Facebook because there was a couple, I guess it would have been a year ago now. Um, uh, I was going to say a couple months, but it's been a year, probably when the paywall just turned one mm-hmm. and I made a post on Facebook and I don't have a public Facebook. Like I don't have personality Facebook I'm just friends with my friends and I pointed out to them like I really appreciate that so many of you read and support my column Mm -hmm. because they do and I'm grateful for that but what I had been seeing a lot is people cutting and pasting the text of my column from our website and pasting it places Mm -hmm. and I just kind of pointed out to people like well you know like we pay for things that we need and want all the time every day right whether it's your Netflix subscription or your morning coffee or whatever your want or need might be you pay for it so I don't really understand why the news is different Mm -hmm. and additionally there will be no column to support if there's no paper right and I actually had three separate people private message me to say that they had signed up for subscriptions that day because of that Facebook post Mm -hmm. because I think people just kind of don't realize it especially because the way our industry had kind of maladapted to the web yeah like, let's just push uh, everything out there right yeah and so i think when people are used to things being available for free of oh, course yeah. there's going to be some pushback because suddenly that's being taken away yes but even still i'm still seeing screenshots and cutting and pasting oh yeah and like honestly i feel 
a bit the way Lars Ulrich of Metallica must have felt in like the year 2000 the Napster, Napster ages. Yeah. Scene. Like, and I don't want to be Lar- Lars Ulrich, but I kind of <laughs> feel like it's like, I have to be like, you guys stop stealing my things. Cause yeah. Like really, you're going to pirate my own work on my Facebook page. Like someone will be like, here, I have it and cut and paste it in the comments below. And it's like, uh, why? <laughs> so just, there's just a bit of cognitive dissonance that's happening. Where yeah. It's like, mm, okay, but like, that's kind of defeating the purpose. Yeah. So. And like, I have no issue with people who just do not want to be subscribers to the paper. Like they don't sure, read yeah. our content. They don't appreciate our columnist views. Like that is hundred percent fine, but it's when you are a regular reader of our paper and you want that content, but refuse to pay for it. That is what irks me. And it kind of made me reflect like back to the music piracy thing. Yes. You know, it kind of gave me a new appreciation for what the music industry went through. I think it's it's not dissimilar to what the news industry is going through Mm -hmm. right now. And I remember, like, I used to download music all the time when I was a teenager. I, and I don't really anymore, anymore though. Just, I don't I don't either. And I think yeah. it's because I started thinking about it in that way where it's like, mm-hmm. actually, for people to be able to do this and for people to make their living at it. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to, to be funded. It has, it has to be to, funded. Yeah. Anyway. And we have to, you have to support it. And I would also like to point out that it's not just our newspaper that's struggling. There's mm-hmm. been a lot of... A lot of stories coming out as of late about sort of the newspaper, newspapers across the country. For sure. Like, uh, for example, National Post getting rid of its Monday edition. Exactly. Yeah. And the reason that's happening is because there's not as much money as there used to be. It's just, it's not coming from advertising. It's not coming from classifieds. Those are all things of the past that we are working to find a way to recoup. And it helps us create the kinds of things that you want to pay for too so it's not just you know kind of the press release police scanner rehashes that we can actually dedicate time and resources to telling stories that matter to you but that becomes impossible to do when we don't have subscriptions and we don't have people helping bodies we don't have the money to pay for bodies to be in the office to produce that content it's just like a domino effect yeah and and the alternative i think is i know that there's been um a lot of talk about whether or not the government should bail out print media yeah and there was a poll i think that i don't have in front of me but it it kind of gave an alarming picture of how many canadians feel like it yeah the newspaper went under yeah i mean Eh. And to them, I would say, I think you would find that it would be alarming. It I would think relying purely on social media for news <laughs> dangerous. is a dangerous, dangerous game. It would be, I think it would be one of those things where it was retroactive saying, I wish that we hadn't let this happen. So don't let it happen. Don't let it happen. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Speaking of things that will happen. Oh, geez. You're getting cancer or I'm getting cancer. One of us. One is. of us is going to get it. Because, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, oh, that's really yeah, sad. Yeah, one in two. Oh, geez. One in two. And one in four will die from it, according to... Um, I don't like those stats. Yeah, man. a new study that came out this week and that we wanted to talk about um, from the Canadian Cancer Society. And it was higher in men than women, only slightly though, right? Yeah. Yeah. So an estimated... Like just over 200,000 Canadians will be diagnosed with some form of cancer in 2017 and 80,000 will die from it. Oh, man. Yeah. 80,800 actually. That's a huge number. Yeah. So it's, I mean, there's a whole bunch of factors and 
that contribute to that. I mean, we're all living longer. Right. But kind of the unfortunate side effect of living longer is that you have more time to develop <laughs> horrible, horrible, horrible things. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but that number is just so... It's really alarming. Like when I saw those headlines, I was like, no, that can't be right. Like clearly they're just writing something inflammatory, but nope, <laughs> it was completely accurate. Yeah. It's, and it's kind of, um, it's interesting thinking about that study kind of dovetailing with everything going on with ast- assisted dying mm-hmm. and for sure, um, just kind of thinking about death in general and how it's <laughs> way to be a downer this, this is a cheery podcast today but but honestly thinking about how yeah, for it's, sure. it's in one shape or form it's coming for all of us <laughs> and yet i feel like we don't you know like the grim reapers come it's happening he's waiting it's happening this is a thing that we will all do and yet I'd, for something that literally everyone goes through I, we don't feel like we talk about it that much yeah we were talking about this the other day when we were kind of figuring out what we wanted to, to discuss on the pod yeah and and uh i was saying that i think almost every other culture other than sort of like canadian american culture have a way of sort of appreciating death and like finding the beauty in it like you're meeting your creator you're going to heaven mm-hmm. you're you know but for canadians the people who are like born and raised canadian without any sort of european or whatever influence yeah i think for north americans it's interesting i did a story last year about um women who work in death care right i remember that and so i interviewed an embalmer and i interviewed um a bunch of people but one of the people i interviewed is a woman named caitlin Doty, who Mm -hmm. has a wonderful youtube channel uh, where she does a show called ask a mortician where you can ask her anything like what happens to breast implants when you die oh that is a good question yeah Uh, right so she was telling me that because all our death is mediated and medicalized and sort of hidden from view Mm -hmm. we don't really think about it or talk about it because it's just so not a part of our everyday i mean it, uh, we don't dress and prepare a body at home no you know so it's kind of and it's kind of interesting how death and birth are related in that way mm-hmm. we don't kind of deal with them in the way that we or most people don't centuries ago right yeah i mean some people do do their home sure. births, but yeah, yeah and uh, it's uh but it's definitely not the norm no Right. So, and, and for a long time, if you said you were considering a home birth, people would be like, oh, that's horrifying. <laughs> um, so I, I do like that it is becoming a little bit more, you run into it more. Yes. Um, but yeah. So, and I thought, thought that was a really great point about how if the systems around you don't make it so that you can kind of engage comfortably with the topic, yes. of course, you're going to be really scared of it. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned, I think maybe three or four weeks ago, I've been going to a lot of funerals lately (laughs) and I actually like my whole life going to funerals and seeing death rituals has not been an uncommon thing for me. But there's one (laughs) story that I remember very specifically. These two older women were were at a funeral for one of our community members who was prominent in the community, really wonderful man. And we were all quite upset. It was very um, shocking. Like it wasn't expected. And my friends and I were sitting there waiting for the funeral to start. And the two ladies in front of us, one of them leaned over and was like, how are your tomatoes? <laughs> like <laughs> their reaction to it was like, this is just a, this is just a normal day. This is just part of life. Yeah. You know, they weren't, they were grieving in their own way, but they weren't like being super emotional about it. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting that you have that Slovenian 
yes. perspective too. And because... then there's my collection, my series of cemetery pictures. Yes, you have your cemetery <laughs> world tour. Yeah, because my my nana she can't travel anymore, and and her sisters and cousins and whoever have passed away. So when we go, we do our cemetery tour. When I was 14 years old, I'd have to stand next to tombstones, and my dad would take a picture of me next to someone's tombstone. So when you're when one is posing in front of a tombstone, <laughs> I have questions. Yes, when one is posing in front of a tombstone, you don't smile. I didn't because I was mostly just really confused. My dad <laughs> and embarrassed because you're 14. Right. My dad's like, just go stand there. And, I'm, and I asked him, do I smile? And he's like, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> so just stand there. I'll take a picture. We'll move on to the next one. I feel like there's a blog in your future <laughs> with, with photos of you standing in front of tombstones. But there's more than one. I'll but do you that. think that has changed your relationship to death, dying and the business of? Perhaps. I mean, I tend to be a very emotional person to begin with. So even if I attend a funeral of someone I didn't know, I am like the person in the back bawling their eyes out. Um, but it's for me, if there isn't like a party or a celebration after, it feels very strange to me. Mm-hmm. It's like we always have the last funeral I went to, the men who were playing their instruments and they went through four bottles of brandy after. <laughs> so like, <laughs> it was a party and there was food and drink and singing and and sharing of memories and and when that doesn't happen for me that seems very strange yeah so I think all this is to say talk about it with people and it's okay to laugh about it too like Mm -hmm. because you know sometimes sometimes it's funny like the embalmer I spoke to where the reason she became an embalmer and went into death care is because when she saw her grandmother her grandmother was neon green and because she was a kid at the time and had no filter, she was like, what's happening? <laughs> and, she, and, she, and she remembers being like hustled off and hushed into a room. And she's like, you know what? Now she's like, I really would have preferred someone had taken me inside and just said, yeah, yeah, this doesn't look like how you remember. Here's what's going on. Right. You know? So I think just, you know, opening a, a dialogue about that and be admitting, I think like that is stories such as one in two people are going to develop cancer is scary. Oh, it's terrifying. Right. And it's okay to be scared and it's yeah. okay to be freaked out and it's okay to be weirded out about that. So switching gears, switching gears <laughs> quite <entirely>. dramatically. <laughs> uh, Kendall. Ken. He's back. He's back. And he's different. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very newscaster lead of you. Oh, thanks. I try. <laughs> so, yeah. So, about a year ago, Barbie kind of went through a similar... She did. A similar She re-amp. got a bootay. Yep. So Kirby Barbie. Yeah. So, there's basically an array of skin colors and body types. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say an array of body types. Let's more not than be, one. We'll let's say not more be crazy. than one body type. <laughs> There's still variations on thin. Yes. But, uh, and same with Ken. There's like broad, which I think is supposed yeah. to be like... Okay, well, when we <laughs> so there's this amazing uh, story uh, written by Katie Weaver. She wrote it for GQ. It's this huge long form story all about this Ken and the new yeah. transition into all these. Other... How many are there's like fifteen? Oh, there's a lot. Kens. There's tons. Yeah, and she was saying that, uh, or one of the one of the men she was talking to, they had done um, product testing with con- like consumer testing, and they used all these different words like husky or uh, I can't remember the other one, but they ended up on broad because uh, like the word husky was giving everyone PTSD of when they were kids on the playground getting teased Aww. for being and their mom shopping in the husky section of the department. So they can't use that word, nor would you ever, should you ever use that word. But <laughs> so they ended up on broad because it was literally the least offensive, least offensive term for someone who's not got an APAC. I, uh, I like that there is diversity in the Barbie and Ken me too. World. I like the one with the man bun. 
<laughs> he looks douchey to me. I know, but I kind of And like I don't it. think it's because of the man bun. I think it's just because of his face. There's the legit gorgeous one with yes. the he, he's unfortunately wearing a sleeveless hoodie, which <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but he's beautiful. Uh, like yeah. there I like it. And I I think it sends obviously a positive message to the kids playing with them that like well, representation is always you know, it always impactful. matters. It's yeah. always important and it's always going to make a difference. Um but it it and i'm gonna just cop to being gross but i was curious i'm like what's going on with the below the belt situation okay so there is you have information i do (laughs) because it's in the story and it's a very short little thing but it was like it's now ingrained in my yeah trivia knowledge forever so uh the reporter was talking to the guy who designed the Ken doll, and I believe she asked him the same question. And he basically said that well, there, because it's I mean, I mean, I mean, everybody wants to know my Ken doll at home. My friend drew genitalia on oh it my. with a Sharpie marker. So but anyway, she asked him and he said basically that no matter how small you would make anything protruding from that part of the body, it would seem ginormous because of the way that the clothes fit. Ah, so yeah. it would just be vulgar no matter what you did. So they just don't have anything. That Interesting. Was, that was his answer. Well, I know that some of the newer Barbies started just having like uh, painted on underwear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there's just like no. They still don't have nips though, do they? I, I think there is a Australian Barbie that was kind of controversial a few years ago because she had nips and pubes. Whew. Yeah. It was like. The, Double whammy. I forget what she was called. <laughs> she had a ridiculous name. Something like. Like. Oh, natural Barbie. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> um, but even though like whatever. Like. It's it's body parts, but still, it's it's interesting, and I think the reporter of this story pointed out this too is that for many girls, your Kendall is the first male you see naked. Oh yeah, right for sure. Because who doesn't make their Barbies go to town? I did. You probably did too. I remember anyone listening who played with Barbies has. <laughs> I remember walking into the room. My uncles were doing it, and then my mom, my two, my mom's two younger brothers, and she like smacked them when I walked in the room. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, and I like that, like, I feel like they're more, I mean, obviously they're not going to be totally realistic, No. but I like that you think of the Ken dolls that were available to us when we played with Barbies, which was the nineties. Mm-hmm. And I remember the only Ken that I had was, he went with the California Barbie. Uh-huh. Malibu. Like, yeah. I don't know if it was, I think it might've been like. I don't know. She had a gold bikini. I think she was like some sort of like <laughs> California special. <party>. Okay. <laughs> but the outfit that her accompanying Ken had was amazing. He wore bright like lime green to the knee shorts. All right. And a gold mesh t-shirt. <laughs> oh boy. And that's it. Matches her gold bikini though. Yeah. That was my Ken. Well, I think we can just all agree that it's excellent that we've taken many steps forward from that generic model. Before we proceed with this next segment, yeah, there was one more thing that I wanted to add about Ken. Go on. Because I have many thoughts about Ken doll, mm-hmm. which is funny because I had no thoughts about Ken when I was a kid. I never <laughs> played with him, but uh, except to make him do it. But uh, <laughs> I think it's positive for the Ken doll to have a broader representation of masculinity mm-hmm. instead of sort of the blonde chiseled, like same with Barbie too, right? Where yeah. there's these two sort of avatars of this is what it means to be a woman. And this is what it means to be a man. So I like that 
with toys that are played with by kids and make an impression on them. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that there's more depth to that, which is actually a good segue into what I'm watching. Right. What are you watching? So for our last segment, we always do what we're reading, watching, or listening to. This week, I binged Glow, The Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, the new scripted Netflix comedy oh, based you- on the 80s. Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. Yeah, you got a sneak peek there, Jen. I got a sneak peek because I have a column uh, in or a column slash review in Friday's paper mm-hmm. tomorrow or today. Today's paper. Um, and so I got to watch it early and I loved it. It was so good. I'm really excited to Allison watch it. Alison Brie is great. Mark Marin plays like the director and he's like this chauvinistic B-movie, like mm-hmm. does a lot of cocaine. Um, and it's so well casted. And the two things that I really enjoyed about it and that i write about in the column um the portrayal of the strong female character Mm -hmm. i find that that can often become just as one-dimensional as all the other terrible roles for women that exist out there so i really like how these are strong women but they are allowed to be fully dimensional complicated nuanced women and also have complicated nuanced friendships and relationships to each other so Mm -hmm. highly recommend it i'm really excited to watch it how about you uh well this week i have been listening to a lot of wolf parade in preparation for their jazz fest show uh, tonight um i've only seen them live once before and it was when i was doing my semester abroad in slovenia and i I wasn't really super familiar with their with their stuff at that time my friend asked me to go with her and we went to this venue that was basically like if the West End Cultural Center was an entire village, <laughs> like it was like the West End Cultural Center on steroids. And we went in and it was like a really sweaty, like loud night. And uh, it was really fun. And so ever since then, I've sort of had this little love for them. Yeah, and, they're uh, one of my favorite bands. I saw them open for Arcade Fire back in 2005. Mm-hmm. It's the first time I saw them um, when they, when that was when they're, very perfect debut album came out and uh i had to travel to see them uh because they didn't really play winnipeg after that so Mm -hmm. i went to minneapolis to see them and then i've seen every other band dan beckner has been in um and so i'm excited that they're that they're back and they're playing jazz fest yeah um as always you can find anything else that we've written about on winnipegfreepress.com or you can find us on social media Uh, i'm at naya rabble on twitter and instagram And I am at Jen's Ratty on both. And we will see you next week.